You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everybody. This is MLB.com Extras, Chicago White Sox edition. I'm Anthony Kasperins, joined by Scott Merkin. Merk, you've been running around the lobby quite a bit, and uh, there's a lot going on here in Nashville. We haven't heard much about the White Sox. We're we're still kind of waiting for clarity when it comes to which direction they go. There's that conversation, the rebuild versus the all-in. What are you hearing right now? I like this couch, first of all. Did you bring this from from home? I I did, actually. uh, It's it's tough to pick this up at baggage claim, I'll tell you. (laughs) You know, in terms of the White Sox, Kenny Williams made a comment back at the um, ACE program they had for their Amateur City Elite about how they couldn't say which direction they were going at that time. And everyone kind of in the Twitter burst kind of flipped out and said, how do they not have a direction? But I think what he was saying is there are so many moving pieces that they don't exactly know which direction they're going, aside from they want to upgrade offensively. They want to upgrade offensively, and they don't want to use one of their elite pitchers with the great contract, Sale, Quintana, or even Rodon, to get that offense. So third base is a target. Maybe shortstop or second, but they do have players who can fill in those spots. But basically, think offense. That's what they want to upgrade. Now, whether they can go out and get a big bat, I know they like Suspettis. They went hard after Suspettis at the trade deadline last year. Alex Gordon would be a, a great fit out there, as would Hayward. You know, good defense, left-handed bat to kind of fill out the outfield. But it's hard to say because there's so many, you know, that they're not going to just go out and make a huge offer without moving some things around beforehand. And they have a lot of spots filled up there. They would have to move some people to, to get guys in. Yeah, and they got a lot of money committed, obviously, and, and Adam LaRoche is, is part of that, uh, $13 right. million for, right. for 2016. We, we've heard they're certainly open to moving him. That's not terribly surprising. No. What would be surprising is uh, coming off of a down year, right. interest in, in taking on that contract. What do you hear about LaRoche? Yeah, I would think when Chris Davis signs, that might open up a few more avenues for where Adam LaRoche could go. I would think he's more of a National League guy because you know, he's, he's still a good defensive first baseman. Now, he told me at the end of last year that he was bound and determined to figure out the DH thing, you know, to kind of succeed at that. So I don't think he'd shy away you know, from another chance in the American League. Not that he really has to say if, if they're trading him. But you know, I think Davis is going to kind of set the bar where LaRoche goes because you, you know, it's, it's a team that needs a left-handed, with a hope, power-hitting first baseman and DH. And you know, it's just a really rough year for him last year. You know, he had some, some injuries here and there that he fought through, but just overall, just a tough year for him. Well, and also this market's a little crowded in that regard. I mean, Chris Carter and Pedro Alvarez, right. it, it kind of complicates the uh, potential to move him. Well, I but guess, you know, in that sense, would you, would you put LaRoche above those two? I mean, now those guys are lower commitment, much lower commitment, yeah. obviously. I mean, if you're giving up something, no, I mean, and yeah, it's, it's less money, so I couldn't. I mean, maybe just all things being equal, just as a player, right. I, I might, but... Uh, but when you talk about the money we're talking about, the um, Sox would probably have to eat a large portion right. of that money yeah. in order to which, trade him. Which defeats the purpose, of course. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> um, as far as bringing people in, uh, Brett Lowry's name has come up quite a bit. Right. He'd, he'd be a, a good fit at third base. Is, do you think there's any potential for a deal there? And I think there is. I think you know, it, it's easy for people to say, well, trade so. You know, the, the mock setups of what to do in the offseason are very easy if they go exactly as you want. But other teams like Brett Lowry, too. So the biggest thing for the White Sox is. They're kind of um, what they're using. Their you know their barter system. You know for they have a lot of money committed, and they don't. They're not going to you know go huge in the payroll. So that hurts them a little bit when yeah. they're going to free agent. Their system is growing, but still certainly not one of even probably the top 20 in the game. So if you're committed, as Rick Hahn has said, to growing the base of that system and keeping the young guys, you don't want to subtract too many impact yeah. young guys. So you're kind of you know up against it. But I think Lowry, 
you could probably get for a more affordable price than if you were trading for a Todd Frazier, yeah. as an example. Right. And Lowry is good because you can play him a third or a second. Right. So yeah, he's certainly a guy they, they have interest. Um, this, this environment we're in, the, the, the pitching prices have escalated so yes. substantially. Yes. Is there any, I know where they go into the offseason, we don't want to move Chris Sale and Jose right. Quintana. Right. They want to compete around those guys, but is there any opportunity, you think, in this environment for them to be just totally bowled over? I think it would have to be that. I think Rick would have to drop the phone. I think for Sale, would have to drop the phone, go into the other office, let's assuming it doesn't happen here in Nashville, tell Jerry and Kenny to come in <laughs> and say, look at this offer I just got on the phone for Sale. I think Quintana's pretty close, mm -hmm. but I think, you know, they have to listen. There's no untouchables on the team. Abreu would be the same thing, but then again, that's a piece of if you're trying to upgrade the offense, yeah. but training your best offensive weapon away. Right. You know, they don't want to do it. I mean, they have done a very good job. Whatever faults they've had over the last, you know, few years since they last made the playoffs in 08, they've done a great job of securing pitching, keeping it affordable, and then growing that pitching staff so they don't have to pay $120 million or $130 million to a guy. They have sale for, you know, his extension was five years, $32 million with two options. I don't remember, Quintana's off the top of my head, but he had two options as well. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, two of the best pitchers. Right. Sales certainly considered one of the best in the game, and Quintana should be, if not for 52 no decisions yeah. since 2012. And Rodon, you know, after a, kind of figured it out as the first year went along. Kid Carson Fulmer from Vanderbilt's coming up. So you have some options, but I think it would just be, it has to be something that would overwhelm. I mean, like for Sale, I would say probably two or three spots filled with a prospect on top yeah. of it. You know, I, they're not going to give these guys away for pennies on the dollar, obviously. Yeah, two, two of the more uh, club-friendly friendly sure, contracts sure. in the game. Uh, one thing that that's stuck, stood out to me, and we talk about this, not that they totally rebuild, but obviously they, they do intend to be competitive, and that's kind of voiced in, in the way they handled the catching situation. Right. They, they weren't just content with Tyler Flowers. I was a little surprised that they non-tendered him, given the relationship there with Chris Sale, but it, it shows they're, they're really trying to upgrade that position with uh, Alex Avila and Diner Navarro. Uh, what, what's the future hold for that spot? I talked to Chris last week. He was a little surprised at the time, too. But yeah. he's excited to, you know, take on the new challenge of learning the new catchers. And it's understand that he was surprised a little bit because Tyler caught every pitch he's thrown the last two years. But they wanted it was, you know, based on the upgrade offensively. And they really believe in talking to people that Avila and Navarro can handle. You know, maybe they're not going to be quite the level Tyler was at pitch framing. Yeah. But they're good game callers. They're good catcher, catchers. They know the hitters. So it, it was basically set in an offensive upgrade. You know, Avila against righties, Navarro against lefties, but giving them both a chance to play every day if, if, if the situation dictates. But they think they won't be too far behind on the other intangibles, too. Uh, one last thing, Mark. Sure. Avi Garcia, uh, we, we've, talked to him, we've talked about him on, on this podcast quite a bit. Right. Uh, his, his name kind of comes up. I'm, I'm sure there's, there's probably a legit interest there just to, as a guy teams could identify as, as a guy whose upside is still there. Uh, do you think there's any possibility of movement there? Well, I go again back to the moving pieces, you know. Yeah. It's kind of which came first, the chicken or the egg. Do you make a move? I mean, you have to trade LaRoche, then make a move to sign a big-name free agent, and then trade Garcia maybe to, as a package to get a third baseman? Or, do you, you know, which order does it go? I, I think it could happen. I mean, if they go after someone else, there would be extra outfielders. You already have Garcia, Cabrera, Eaton, and Trace Thompson, who emerged the end of last year in the outfield, and then LaRoche and Abreu over in the first base, DH spot. So if you trade LaRoche you could open up kind of that rotating DH spot. But then if you trade Cabrera, yeah. you have the three outfielders. And I know they would love to have Trace Thompson in that outfield, if nothing else, defensively on a regular basis, because he's the best defensive outfielder they have. So yeah, I think Avi could be you know, in, the, in the mix, depending on what happens in other directions. All right, we'll see what happens. Scott Merkin's all over it. You didn't wear your Eagles tour It's up in the hotel though. room. I should have brought, brought it with. 
just ruining this podcast. Yeah, it's a I, that's what I was looking forward to most. I, I could have laid it across the couch right here in front of the MLB.com logo. <laughs> that would have been a good look. Well, thanks, Scott Merck, and I'm Anthony Cashprince. Thanks for tuning in. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.